What is up, my podcast listeners? We are on to episode 28. Uh, A couple show notes before we get into today's episode, which is amazing, by the way. Um, Really, really great stuff. But I've just I've made the decision to switch from twice a week to once a week. Um, I've just found that, especially when getting guests and scheduling interviews and things like that, there's a little more legwork on my end, and I'd rather rather focus my time and energy to get one great episode out a week than to run around trying to to fit the second one in. And um, yeah, so I I think it it'll ultimately be better in the long run. And as I've said before, if you don't like it, start your own podcast. So that's what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I will be releasing on Wednesdays from here on out until further notice. So the interview this week is with Lance Psycho. I introduced him at the beginning, but also just wanted to give a shout out to Lance. Um, he has been um, just really welcoming in the industry, just um, very much a pay it forward guy. Um, happy to answer my questions on the podcast, on his podcast, and then eventually had me on. Um, really exciting for me. They have an awesome company, um, run an awesome podcast. It's great info. If you get anything from this, go listen to them because yeah, they have just a lot of great content out there. Um, so without further ado, let's get to Lance. Welcome in. Thanks for being here. This is uh, an interview with an awesome guy, friend in the industry, Lance Psycho from F9 Productions. They're out of Longmont, Colorado, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And um, Lance uh, is also co-host of a podcast, Inside the Firm, where they... Um, yeah, I really love and respect how much you guys have shared just through your journey. Um, every step is along the way. So you guys are architects, you have developed and built just a lot of experience in and around the construction industry. Um, and so, yeah, I'm honored that you come on and thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you for also pronouncing my name correctly. Uh, I've heard it enough on the podcast, so yeah, somebody actually did uh, answer it correctly uh, about a month ago, and that was the first time ever in my my thirty seven years here on Earth that it was pronounced correctly. And I was like, "Wow, I better buy some stocks today." So I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think people's brains they don't want to call you psycho, like psychologically, like right. it can't be psycho. I'm not going to call this guy psycho. Yeah. <laughs> so find another way to pronounce it. But yeah, yeah. Um, so you guys just did an interview, an interview, a discussion on your podcast uh, around a city plan review. And, um, on my podcast, we're really diving into the home building process, that front end. I have a lot of listeners who are, you know, thinking of building someday. And then there's also some builders, but this like city plan review is something that no one ever thinks about when they're starting a project. Like that's nobody's goal to get into. But more often than not, whether you're a client building your dream home or a home builder or a developer, you're going to find yourself in this situation. Um, so just for starters, what are, what are the types of things, what are the, the types of projects that get you into one of these city plan review meetings? Well, anymore, it's almost any project, to be completely honest with you. And I think, yeah. I, 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 so I really liked it that you, that you pointed out that Nobody ever thinks about that. And I, I want to maybe if we could talk about that uh, to begin with before we get into what kind of types of project will get you into this, what it's called technically is called the site plan review process to where you're actually having to deal with plant the planning and zoning department even before you could even submit for a building permit. And 
for us in Colorado, when I moved here uh, over a decade ago now, uh, geez, it is that long ago, um, 12 years ago, the firm I was working for was a little boutique firm and they were only doing single family homes. And even the county that I live in, which is Boulder County, very bureaucratic, um, uh, uh, there's a lot of red tape and it was unheard of that you would have, you couldn't just hire your architect, hire your draftsman, hire your builder, draw your house, draw your whatever development it is and just submit for a building permit, you know, and, and that process, you know, for a house I could take as honestly, as it depends on if they're reusing a plan as little as at least for us, you know, four to six weeks, if somebody's just tweaking something or if it's a little house, like we can crank those out pretty quickly. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But nobody, it, so for, for us, it's been a, it's kind of been a shock. Uh, I, I, I distinctly remember, you know, when we first started up F, F9 10, 10 years ago, uh, after working for another firm for two years down here, or a little bit over a year rather, is that it's just no one, I don't think, everybody, see, it seemed like it came out of nowhere and everybody was blindsided. So the first project that we did where we had to encounter this was, it was a multifamily development, um, like a series of duplexes in in Lakewood. And we're plugging along, plugging along, and we're about halfway through the design process and the developer stops us and says, he's also a very young, he was a young guy at that time. Um, I mean, we're, we're at that point, we were all in our late 20s working together, you know, us and this developer, like very, very new, um, a lot of, a lot of uh, ambition, but not a lot of experience. And, you know, he, eventually he pops up and, you know, halfway through the process and says, have you guys heard of this site plan review process? This is part of it. And we're like, what? We, I mean, we didn't even bid for it, you know? And at that point we were yeah. so, it was during the great recession. We were so happy to even hear about art to even have work. We were like, fine, we'll just eat it. We'll just get through this. Like, what does it even entail? Right. And then for us to not know that it takes a, in, in the, this, in this specific jurisdiction and basically all of them in Colorado anymore, you're going to need to hire a civil civil engineer, a landscape engineer, a lighting engineer. Um, maybe you have to hire somebody to check on a, like wildlife, even if it's an empty lot. They want some kind of environmental assessment. Um, an irrigation engineer, uh, soils engineer. I mean, all of a sudden, instead of you just being able to hire an architect, even for just a house, has exploded into this tenfold problem. And then you have to have tenfold the uh, professionals involved. And then you have to have tenfold the bureaucrats involved. So you can, so if, if, if anybody who's listening is getting where I'm going with this tenfold, the cost. So uh, that's the first thing is I think if you are ever considering, like you, like you said, Adam, building your own house, building a house for somebody else, developing it. Uh, if you have any, if you are one of the five people, maybe that's, involved at the front end of looking at a lot or, or considering going down that route, honestly, at this point, and I'll, and this is where I'll start to kind of turn it and get it into what kind of project could turn you into that. Even if it's an existing lot, maybe there's a, maybe there's an existing house and there's an ADU in the back. You, and maybe the ADU wasn't grandfathered. Maybe the ADU was never permitted. And, and that's one of the stories I want to tell, tell you about too, is that you might be having to go through this process before you can even submit for a building permit. And again, these are two vastly different things. Site plan review process is only caring about what the site, you know, how do you enter it? Um, where's all the water going? That's a big one. You know, landscape architect to do all the trees and the shrubs and all the other stuff. Architect to do the exterior, 
civil engineer to do the grading and the roads and the water and, and all of that stuff. You're only at the planning and zoning department at that point. You're not, right. you have to get through at least two iterations with them, at least down here, before they'll even consider letting their building department accept construction drawings, which is everything that has to do with the inside of the building, right? Mm -hmm. And for us, yeah. the, for the, the timeline that everybody should keep in mind too is two to one at least. I would say your time spent with planning and zoning is two times as much as it's going to be with building construction. I mean, it's just astounding. So that upfront cost for some of the commercial projects that we're doing right now, I know the developers have showed me the bills and, and we're developers too. So we know the bills too. hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars before you're even in. And I don't, I don't mean to scare people, but I, you know, and I'd say the hundreds of thousands of dollars are definitely in the category of you're doing a multifamily project. Maybe it's three or four different, you no know, triplexes, six plexes or whatever. And, and getting into that. So we have seen since the rise of the site plan review, and I've been thinking about writing an essay on this, on this damn thing. Cause it bugs me so much is, <laughs> um, is that almost there, like if it, for instance, in Longmont where we practice, where we practice, where our headquartered is, where we're headquartered is, you actually have to go through a mini site plan review to do an ADU on, uh, in, at a house. So Longmont is, this classic Americana city where we have a lot of alleyways. And so you can have these, these, you can, the lots are big enough. You can have ADUs on them. It's a great solution to affordable housing. If they wouldn't have thrown the site plan review at us. And then if they wouldn't have thrown a $20,000 tax on it, and that's a whole different, that's a whole different category. But that's, that's why, that's why I kind of stress that. Well, understand that we're down here in Colorado having to deal with even at that level, a site plan review process. Another one is if you're doing an unincorporated Boulder County, uh, if you're doing a brand new house, we have all of these, we have all of this stuff called open space. All it is is hundred over a hundred thousand acres of uh, uh, federal government and then local government owned land. And they're trying to protect this county to be, to look like it's agricultural. And, and I like the open space, but I don't like that they lie that we're going to have all this open space. And then we're also going to have affordable housing. It's like, well, one or the other, right? I mean, supply and demand. Right. So, so we're seeing it at that level. And then for sure, we're seeing it at any new multifamily development project, any new mixed use project. It is pretty much all over the board. Um, so yeah. I, I, I don't think it's limited to one. Yeah. And I would say for the, the listeners out there, and th this is part of the reason why I started this podcast is not to scare people, but to inform people so that when you are building, know what questions to ask before you buy your lot, call your, your building department, call the planning department and find out, you know, do we have a plan review? What does it look like? Find out the process, regardless of where you build, like places I build and draw for seem a little different than what you're explaining, but it's still extremely helpful to know these steps because sooner or later you're going to run into it. Yep. And the one big thing I think you should be looking for besides understanding what kind of professionals you need to get involved that'll come out is i don't know if it's the same way for you adam is we have something called a pre-application meeting and it, it, so what did it you know we've had several people come to us lately and i mean actually all the time i should say but like they're looking at raw pieces of land they got a great the problem why it's so important i think you're looking what you should really be looking for is before you actually even go to closing on your piece of land um, you know, most, a lot of land deals are, are cash deals too, right? So if it before, I think it's fine to put an offer on a piece of land, but you, you better be talking with the city. I would say leading up to purchasing the land, 
obviously once you once you uh, put it under contract, but there should be something in your real estate contract that says that has that gives you a way out just in, in like that that actually cites like you, when you have a pre-application meeting uh, and i'm speaking again specifically to colorado yeah that's a great call though yeah. don't you think i mean because there's some people that still still come to me and i'm and they say well i'm gonna i want to design a house okay do you have a piece of land purchased well no and i go well uh, and i tell them a couple stories you know like, well we've had other clients do that and then it gets really hairy and then we get angry you know somebody gets angry they get disappointed and I tell them like, you gotta, I mean, the land is number one. <laughs> it sounds elementary, yeah. but know that like, that's what you're looking for. The, the key word here is pre-application meeting. So when you're looking at the land, go talk to the city, ask them if they have a pre-application meeting. At that point, then you could just come as a, you, honestly, a person who just fell into some money or, or earned the money and you, you want to do this dream house or this dream project. And you could come up with your own little sketch of the site plan. And at least start the discussion with them, but don't yeah. hide. Don't hide. Also inviting. I would say by that time, you also want to vet an architect, vet several architects, vet several civil engineers, vet several landscape architects, and at the very least have the architect in the meeting with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that they understand and they can reinforce. Um, they understand like what the city is going to look for. And then they can reinforce for you because what we found too is a lot of developers or landowners and stuff though. They'll come out of, they'll go to the meeting without us. And then they'll say, well, the city said, the city said this. And I say, the city said that, but they'll never put it in writing. They will uh, always, what they say and what they do are two different things. So to to help everybody get on the same page of like, be, be a skeptic all the way up until you get approved, all the way until you're finally building then, then everything is goes kosher um, from there. So don't don't be a don't be afraid for sure. Just know that yeah, this is this is where we're at in life in America, um, for the most part, especially in the more highly populated areas like Wyoming. You're not going to see this. North Dakota. You're not going to see this. You know mm-hmm. those kind of right. places. But places like like where you said you're building out in Indiana, which is a suburb. You know some of the suburbs of, of Chicago. I mean. You know, we're bedroom. We're the bedroom city of uh, Boulder. You know, we're twenty or we're half hour away from Denver. You're not getting away from it. Yeah, agreed. Um, so in starting this process, and you guys had a great discussion on your podcast, which I suggest you go listen to. Um, but what what kind of attitude when dealing with a city, when dealing with your municipality, what kind of attitude do you guys like to have in those meetings? Um, you know, you mentioned the like Pitbull, I think it was Pitbull versus Golden Doodle. Yeah. Like, where's that line? Yeah. I think for sure you're you're wanting to come in like a uh, a, a golden lab or a golden doodle. I, you're not trying to make enemies, uh, especially if you're. I, I, how about this? There's there's two ways to look at it because if you're a developer, you might only develop in that city one time. If you are a uh, a future homeowner who's going to finally build your green your dream house, you also might only build in that city or that area one time. So for you. I want you to think about looking at it from the architect's perspective, and then I'll and then I'll talk about how the architect should look at it from your perspective too. And and that 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 is kind of what I've already said is that we're looking at it from you might only do this one time, but hey, developers, landowners, you know, people who are going to build their custom house, our perspective is we we have to work with these people at the cities and and the municipalities, maybe for the maybe for our whole lives. And so we can't burn bridges. We can't go in there and just be this uh, 
sort of like an attorney who is out to just just nail people. That's not really the approach that that we can take. Do we, like, do we want to? Sure. I, you know, I, I don't meet too many architects that say they love dealing with the planners and the building officials and, and all that other stuff, right? So you, you need to, the biggest, the word that comes to mind though with everybody, or two words are, again, skept, I think you need to be a skeptic, highly skeptical the whole time. And I think you need to have patience and know that you will get through the process. It is going to take, down here again, I can only speak relatively to us and our anecdotal experience, but the experience does span all over Colorado. So it's all, it's usually between six and 12 months before we're done with planning and zoning. And then it's only maybe a month or two after that, that we get our building permit through the building permit process. So if you, if you have those two things in mind and understand that this is like golf, it's a long game. We're going to play 18 holes. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, the first, the first, uh, would it be 12 holes would be planning and zoning the last six holes. Uh, it's not even the back nine. I would say your last six, five to six holes are definitely with the building department. If you can go into there in, in, into that thinking about it um, in, in that way, I think it's a good way. But there are points for sure where you, you have to put your foot down. And yeah, as much, as much as people don't like attorneys, I think you should have a real estate attorney, obviously, if you're going into any kind of development. Um, you might even have an attorney if you're going to build your custom house and house and maybe it's in like a, a, a contentious area or something like that. I don't know. But once you do get to the point where maybe maybe the city is asking for something in an unreasonable manner. Don't be afraid to to buy the five hundred dollar letter from the attorney that is a little mean and that maybe kind of sets the tone and says, OK, uh, we've we've both pushed hard enough. We're gonna now we're we're gonna get through the, the the approval process for this. I think that's one of your last resorts, though. I, but I don't think you should not have that in your back pocket. Yeah, moving ahead. Yeah, what when you guys made that in the projects you've done, you made that decision to push back. Was it was it mainly financially driven, or were there like um, project scope things that really inhibited you from from pushing from going down the direction the city wanted to take you? You know what I mean? Oh, definitely financially. Yeah. Uh, for instance, for instance, with our development, for our development, and that's where I think you can, it, you know, it all depends on like the the jurisdiction that you're dealing with, right? So I already kind of talked about open space and my, our contentiousness with this idea of open space. And it's only because it's hypocritical. Um, like the development that I live in and where my house is, we have 24 acres of open space. I love it. But I'm not going to pretend that we're solving affordability by buying up all this land and then not allowing people to develop on it. So, right. Um, so know, know the people you're talking to. Know what city council's goals are. Know what the planning officials' goals are. Know what the planning zoning commission's goals are. And they usually outline them. They usually come up with these study sessions where your no local newspaper will then write about it, and they will have these lengthy goals, and they'll pass what are called resolutions. So like, oh, the city of Longmont, for instance, one of their resolutions is they want to they want you to have the most we we're aiming for providing um, any and all housing types to provide the most um, the most diversity possible. So think about how you could use that language when you are yeah, speaking great to them. Point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so that's the point Alex made is he goes, you guys are being hypocritical here with you wanting all of these 
housing types for, for you know for our project or, or i think one i don't know who said it maybe me or him it doesn't matter when we were when we were talking to city council and we said if you guys what they wanted to do with our project is they wanted to retroactively meaning we were almost through the the uh, planning and zoning process we were actually just on the cusp of submitting for building permit and they wanted to uh pass this draconian law and it was only it's only it's only draconian because they were trying to retroactively push it on people who have already nearly done with the zoning uh, the planning and zoning process they've already spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on architects engineers or whatever and they were going to slap this affordable housing tax on us and we said you guys are hypocritical and we got them to acknowledge that on record on public record that you guys are being hypocritical and you're not telling the public the truth if you really want this level of diversity and condos are very hard to build in Colorado because of all the de defect laws that if you guys, if you guys pass this law and you push it on us retroactively, then you are killing affordable housing. And we all went on record and, and said that and it was public and then the paper cited us. And so that's, wow. I think that's the, one of the keys is you, you can hold like a lot of these city council meetings. I've been to enough of them for various reasons, not just, not just development or anything like that. Other stuff. I, the votes are counted beforehand. Every once in a while, you'll flip a few votes, but it is quite different when you are at least ahead of the eight ball and you can get stuff written on record in your paper and you can get other developers behind you and to write in and, and make that kind of stuff happen. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's really interesting there. Um, what, um, do you feel like there's a sweet spot for the amount of information you present to the city? Yeah. Less is more. Less is more. I, okay. Bjark, Bjark Engels nailed that with his whole, I mean, I don't know if he, you know what I'm talking about. He's big architects. That's what he, that, that statement just kind of is, is really uh, resonates with me just at almost every level. Less is always more. So um, the, the more you show a planning, and this is the, an argument that I always, not an argument, but a discussion I even have to have with, with potential clients. You know, the look at our contract, uh, it's graphic. Um, they see drawings, they've maybe worked with other architects and they just have this idea in their head that we're going to, we're, we're going to put all kinds of detail that is unnecessary. And I flat out tell them, number one, I'm, that would mean uh, I'm having to pay more st staff hours for a product, for stuff we don't need to do. Number two, uh, I'm your friend when it comes to getting, getting you a building permit. And as your friend and as somebody who's your ally, I know that based on our experience that the more we show, the more they can scrutinize. And so what I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not, what I'm not suggesting is you do a, a incomplete set, but I think there is definitely a, a healthy balance of we're going to present for them a, a good set. It's going to be detailed enough. That's the way I describe it, but it's not going to go, yeah. it's not going to go over, overboard or anything like that. Um, so I think, I think there is a healthy balance for, for sure, because they're, they're going to ask all their questions anyway. And here's the other thing too, is you cannot predict I, I went, early on in our career, when we started drawing, I, I do think we did draw too much and this is a decade ago. And I think we realized that what we were trying to do is we were trying to predict their comments and we were trying, we were trying to be the good guys and say, look, look here's all the detail, uh, we should have no, we should almost have no comments. We've already we've already answered your questions. We've predicted them, 
And that's, that's not the way it works. So you're never yeah. going to predict what they're going to say, especially when they have the high turnover that they had before the recession hit. They had, the planning departments had such a high turnover because uh, the private sector was pulling so many people out of the public sector. So you would get these new planners, you would get these new building uh, reviewers, and they would go to a seminar and they would they would learn about the new code and they'd come up with their new slap sheet uh, sort of copy paste of comments it just almost it was almost automatic they would come back to us and be like wow we've never gotten that comment before Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you handle that yeah it's like when you send a a contract to a lawyer to review like they're going to come up with something to redline on that contract no matter what like yeah with the city reviewers there that's their job is to review so they're going to find things to review um not bashing it one way or another but yeah I, i agree that stuff does happen um, in, uh, can you think of any like really big hangups or examples that it really like have derailed a meeting? I was hoping you'd say project, um, but I, oh, project. Yeah. Go for that. Never I think mind. The, it'd be easier for me to answer right away because I was already thinking, I was, I was thinking that's where we were going to go with it was the, I think the biggest one is get a survey. And here's an example. This is the craziest one. Is uh, so that in the well, not the craziest one, but it's the most recent. Uh, there's this house we're we're doing a pretty extensive remodel in Longmont, and it's right off the golf course. Very nice neighborhood, beautiful neighborhood. Uh, and they got they listened and they got a survey, and I'm so thankful that they did because we found this very strange old easement. It was like an air. It was like an irrigation easement on their land and it showed that their existing house was already in this easement and then uh if whatever we're going to build obviously is going to be in the easement and so imagine if you didn't do that right i think that's that's that 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 sound that my story sounds pretty innocuous up until i say that because imagine if you didn't do that and then you pay your architect or your designer or your builder you know thousands and thousands of dollars to produce your whole set of drawings and then you go and even if it's just an addition right in a, and maybe it's an addition where you think oh i'm just i'm just i'm just pushing out the back of my house five feet uh i obviously am not going on into the side setback like this should be i don't even have to worry mm-hmm. about a survey right i can just do right. it uh f- fair enough person but let's say you pay the architect all that all that money and then you get to the building the building department submit your plans. It goes to the first round of review. And then they come back and they say, oh, we looked up the, the city records or some kind of thing that, that your architect couldn't even have found. They, maybe they even try to look in the assessor's office. Like they might've had some hidden record that you don't even know about. Nobody can know about until it yeah. finally gets to go to review. Boom. You're in the setback. And all of a sudden the architect looks like an idiot. Um, you know, you want it, You're probably angry that you spent all that money. So get that survey. I think that's the big one. When we had one in Golden too the other day, that uh, same thing. It almost, you know, what it does is it almost kills the project. So think about it from the architect standpoint, or the designers, or the builders. Well, that's all of a sudden a job or um, a project they're just not going to be able to do, right? Or mm-hmm. or they look terrible. Like if you're an architect and you went through that and you spent all the client's money, it's like, oh man. I mean, yes, you could ask for mercy and and try to get them to understand that, like I said, maybe it was a hidden document. Honestly, there are such things. Yeah. But then if you're, then if you're the, then if you're the builder or you're, you're the person spending all the money, you're out all that money. So that's, I think one thing for sure is just get the survey. Like, 
please, please stop trying to dodge that bullet and just get a survey. It's also really good for resale value too, because you can always, if you can manage to keep those documents, it, it is helpful for people when they buy a piece of property so that they mm -hmm. truly understand what they're getting into, even if it's just a single family house, that's an existing one and you're doing an addition to. So I, I think that's a big one. The second one would be a soils report. Uh, in Colorado, we have, we have some of the worst soil in America and people don't believe it because they think mountains, but they forget that most of the population lives on the, on the prairie. That's where I live. We can see the mountains for sure. But the knowing, especially if you're a developer, getting into understanding the soil conditions and what that means for cost. So if you can, if you can manage to sink a couple thousand into, you know, those two things right away, like when we bought our piece of property that we developed, we, we also had in our, like I said, in our land contract, when we were buying the piece of property that we could get out depending on the results of the soils uh, report and our soils report yeah. came back good. We could just do spread footers and stuff. So, so those, those two things, just really understanding like what is involved with my land. Cause who knows? I mean, uh, the other development that Alex is working on that big one that you keep referencing at, and that we went to the planning and zoning commission with is that, uh, gosh, it was like a, it's called Bond Farm. So then the Bond family, who was one of the legacy families from our town, owned it. But guess what? Guess how many heirs were like to the land? So the developer for that one really had to understand how how is he going like for for him to get a clear and a free and clear deed was the whole project dies unless he figures out how to get the clear and free deed. So yeah. working with the assessor and working and getting that through. So yeah. Yeah. And anybody who's done this long enough has those. <laughs> I, I was working on one project where there's a the city had a dedicated roadway through the lot that just never got built and you would have yeah. never known about it. Um pretty much killed the the plan. And um I think that lot's still open to this day. But like, yeah, there's just so much that you can um both literally and figuratively uncover through yeah, survey and soils. Um last question here. I I think everybody knows it's like such a um personal game like there is the politics and um you're dealing with humans it just helps to have and cultivate relationships what have you guys done anything to like either either develop or invest relate relationships with the cities you're working with um anything on that front yeah i you know um we haven't i'll tell you i'll just be we haven't done what one of our most recent clients did which was insane she sent a um uh she sent a gift card to a restaurant to the planner. And then in a round, in a, not a direct way, but a roundabout way, she told us she did that. And I thought, Ooh, God, I like that. That made me nervous from a, um, uh, it was, it was her that did it. So we were, you know, we didn't have anything to do with it, but I did tell the, uh, the designer that we were work, we were partnered with, like, you know, you brought us into this. I just, we have a very good reputation with, with, with this particular jurisdiction Please let her know that we are not happy that she did that because it looks, it looks bad because it's not just yeah. her doing it. It's a collective. So this is not Russia. Uh, this is not uh, Brazil. And I can say Brazil because my dad lives there and he told me about all the corruption that goes on with building permits. You, you just pay, you just pay, you just pay and, yeah. and you, you get it done. It's, it's pretty um, third world and, and kind of corrupt like that. So what we've done is we've just done a good job. And what we've done is we've, we've really tried to, uh, I wouldn't say suck up to the, to those guys, but we've done, we've tried to kowtow to them in the sense of 
we've, when we started working with uh, Lakewood, for instance, for example, is we because because we were one of the first ones through the site plan review process, and maybe you might you might not get into they might not luck out like we are, but maybe you will. Is that we really asked them once we got through the first one, like how can we do this better? What can we you know can we use what what could be the standard format at least for us submitting things and going back and forth? And so that that was a big one was like actually for us to ask them. How can we make your? How can we make the review process more streamlined for you? What can we do on our end? Because that's what we want, obviously. So if we can make your job mm -hmm. easier to review, then then yeah. you'll then then we're in a good working partnership. And what that has resulted in, Adam, is the city of Lakewood actually gives us. Uh, they will they will say, you know, they'll ask people who come in who haven't hired an architect, and they'll say, like, well, do you have an architect? And they're like, and they're like no. Well, um, do you guys have any that you that you've worked with before on this type? And then they're not recommending us. They're just saying, look, we've worked with this firm on this type before, you know, here's their drawings. And then no, so they're not recommending us. They're just showing, here's an example. We get, then we yeah. get the call, which is app, which is you, if you had asked me that 10 years ago, or if, if, if somebody would have asked me 10 years ago, is a city going to somehow now give, not give you work, but um, be in the pipeline of how people find out about you? I would have said no. So yeah, I think, I think that's I think that's pretty good. And now you know, um, there's a couple others that do that. So that's pretty that's that's pretty helpful and pretty important. And a lot of plans reviewers or actually building officials now that I talk to, since we're on the building side too, as contractors, you know, though I'm now I'm seeing them face to face much more often. And there's and they go, oh yeah, I don't know, I remember your drawings, your drawings, you know, I remember your drawings, you know, and they 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 know who yeah. you are. So like it kind of goes all the way back to that point, Adam, I was making about. If the developers and the people who are actually, you know, being the catalyst for our work can understand where we're coming from and why we can't be a pit bull all the time, where it's it's very selective and we're more of the golden duel where people show up and they want to. And you know, I've asked this, I don't know if you're in the entre architect community, but I have asked this, I've asked this question, or I've seen the discussion in there too, of like what happens, what happens when you are the pit bull? And people have spoke up in that group and told me time and time again of like, oh, your drawings get put all the way to the bottom. So <laughs> yeah. again, it's, it's not about being, it's not about couch, it's not about uh, sucking up. It's about um, just uh, know your limits of when you can push. Yeah, I totally. I there's a guy, project manager. I won't say his name, but um, he's just such a does such a great job at his job and really, really cares doing things the right way. That like. He's got a, a relationship with a few inspectors where they don't visibly need to see or visit the site to like give him a green tag or at least like a verbal go ahead. Like, oh, hey, well, I didn't make it by today. But yeah, you can you could pour. I'll be by the next day to give you the tag and make it official. But like stuff like that, I feel like goes the longest is just do your job well, show the city that you care. And that that usually, at least what I've seen, uh, would be the biggest bang for your buck in the long run. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we have the same relationship with, with other building inspectors too, where it's not that they won't, they allow us to not have them there at all. But one silver lining of COVID has been, can I FaceTime you? Can I take some photos? Can I take mm, a video? Yeah. Can I, can we, can we correspond that way? And can we get approved that way? And that's been a lot better. I mean, just building the trust with people. Like the more I am such, I am so much against lying that, because it just proves to me over and over again that the truth always comes out. So 
don't even just don't even attempt it because I've seen yeah. so many people go down that so many so many homeowners, so many developers, so many contractors try to go down that road and like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pull a fast one. It's like okay, you might get away you maybe you will get away with it this one time. But then you're going to get caught and then your trust is gone forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just you're never going to get that back and it is so yeah. critical to build that trust with all these people. And it's so easy for cities to make your life a nightmare if they want to. They're <laughs> like, a monopoly. Don't, they don't a, give yeah. them that reason. Right. They have a monopoly yeah. on the building process. And until they yeah. don't, until they don't, then then this is where we're at. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, any closing thoughts? Final, final. Anything we didn't touch on here, Lance? Uh, if you if don't let us anything we said don't don't let it scare you we're not trying to scare you i i think that was a good point you made earlier adam is we just want to be upfront and again honest about the the planning process and where you're through with it it, it is what it is until uh maybe one day we start to um have these coalitions that are asking for maybe a third party reviewer uh maybe we start to finally in, in, inject some private and public competition so that it's not just publicly hired officials, but there's a private component to it too, where we can um, start to break apart the monopoly and and make the building process uh, work work faster, much more like how the private sector works, where we don't have to go through all this red tape. But until then, this is what you're up against. It's, it's, you, 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 there are some, there is, there is a lot of validity to uh, the process, I think. I just would I just don't, would like to see it broken up a little bit. I would just like to see some private competition happen a little bit more. And the last thing is this. Understand who really is the authority at the end of the day. Uh, the last example I'll give you is if there is a historic association, but if they are not technically taxpayer funded, and let's say you are you have an old house, your granny has it, she passed away, and you're like, oh, I get the house, and now we want to move down to you know Pensacola or something like that, and we're kind of close to this historic neighborhood or whatever, and we're going to develop this house and, and you know move our family down there, and you run up against an association. An association is just an association. It, that is a group of private individuals, and they don't have any enforceability of the law. So you know we're doing a house in Longmont right now where we're up against that. And I've advised my client and he's advised himself too. He's actually an attorney and he's like, yes, we both agree that these people can chatter, 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 chatter all day long and give their input. And the city can or cannot consider it. But at the end of the day, there is no enforceability of that. And so just, just really like we've kind of hopefully shown through this, this episode of understand all the moving parts, try to understand everything, just dive into it. Um, cause what, what could it hurt? I mean, at the end of the day, if you become an expert at this, then maybe the next time won't seem so daunting. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Where can people find you? What are you guys up to? Well, we're up to, uh, we're up to a, a ton of stuff. If we get this super contract I was telling you about, which is going to be seven more tiny houses, we're going to design and build. We're actually going to do a documentary. So, uh, on that, cause one of our, one of our construction guys is a, uh, he's also a videographer. So you could follow us if you go to uh, facebook.com forward slash F9 Productions. That's the place where you can find about uh, out about basically all of our design build projects. You can link in with me on, on LinkedIn. Um, first name Lance, last name Psycho, spelled C-A-Y-K-O. And I would love it if you just give our podcast a shot. Start at episode zero like we recommend to everybody because we tell our story raw 
and rugged and from the beginning. And we don't hold anything back about when we started up our firm in the Great Recession and how you can do it too. We only started uh, each with about $1,000 in our pocket. And um, this last year at Architecture Firm, we, we finally grossed over a million dollars in billing. So um, we're, we're just here to help other people. We know that there's plenty of food for everybody to eat. If you're an architect, designer, construction, construction person or developer, um, sharing is caring. So check us out. Yeah, seriously, go check out their podcast. It's awesome. You guys dive straight in and don't hold anything back. So I love it. Um, yeah, thanks again so much for coming on and we will be in touch. Thanks for having me, Adam. And that wraps up the interview from Lance. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I just thought a lot of great nuggets of info in there, whether or not you're um, going through a plan review, if you need to do that on your build or not. I think just the the content about dealing with the city and what um, the strategies they take are just extremely valuable information. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, lastly, if you want to reach out, you sure can. I am on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. LinkedIn, it's Adam Steiner, S-T-E-I-N-E-R. Instagram and Facebook, it's at Burnham Design Co. That's B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. Reach out, let me know what what you have as far as questions in the industry, things you want me to cover, guests you want me to bring on. Um, If you're a builder, developer um, in the industry some other way, please reach out. I'd love to talk to you about coming on the show as well. As always, thank you so much for listening and thanks to Andrew Michael Meadow for the music. 